Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Speak to us. Open our hearts that we may hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The song we just sang, Fear not then, said the angel, let nothing, let nothing you affright. This day is born a savior of a pure virgin, bright to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power. What a song to start the new year with. What a message to come with on this beautiful day. We're so glad to be here with my family and we, we have enjoyed our time. And I, I'm glad to be able to share the message today from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul is one of the people I love in the Bible who I wish he was alive. I would visit him. Because when he speaks, I mean, you just want to hear him. He's, he's full of wisdom. He's full of words that are short and clear. He just mentions it the way it is. One of the verses that we are going to look at is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And we'll start from 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable power for those who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm. When Paul was speaking to the people in Ephesus, they were going through a tough time and he wrote this letter to encourage them. And he told them, that they were in God's hands. There was a power that was with them which was beyond the power they thought they would get in the gods that were around. The new converts in Ephesus were being attacked by the people who uh, didn't believe in Christianity. But again, the people in Ephesus were going through a tough time because there was this belief that Everything which is bad is coming from an evil power and there's a God who can solve that. Uh, there was sickness, there was famine, there, was, there were evil powers and everybody needed a power from somewhere so they had to get a God. One of the gods was Artemis and they went there, they gave their offerings and they felt everything was taken care of. One of the things that amazes me is that this same God could also uh, give you curses to take to your enemies. And that was a big business. It was booming. The priests sold curses in that, uh, in that temple, tablets to men who wanted their enemies to suffer misfortunes. These powers brought tragedy to their enemies. So whoever saw their enemy go to refill or recharge their power, he also wanted to go and update their own power for protection. 
This vicious cycle of curse and protection fueled the fears of the Ephesians and they relied so much on their gods. There was that feeling, I need something. Somebody is above me. I need to be able to control this person. Paul reminded uh, the people in Ephesians that our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And he kept on writing and praying for all the new converts. Paul wrote to the Ephesians to correct their worldview. The Lord is speaking to us today also to see things with eyes of our heart, eyes that only the Lord can give. He wanted the eyes of their hearts to be enlightened, knowing the incomparable greatness of his power for us who believe. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ as we see that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. He wanted all converts to see the world with resurrected eyes rather than see the world as a place where evil is taking over. He did not want them to give up. He was giving them hope. One of the powerful things you can give to anybody is hope because hope opens tomorrow before it comes. You feel you're there. You feel you can. You feel everything is okay. And I like this prayer he prays. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable power for those who believe. He speaks to them as if for him he's already there. And yet we know he's writing from prison. Paul was a man who had no self-pity. He had hope even in the midst of tragedy. Paul called the Ephesians and is calling on us also out of fear, out of those burdens that we carry every day. It is amazing that even the small children, the newborn, still have fears. We have a daughter who is now 16 months. The other day I put uh, an ice cube into her water and she said there was an insect in my water and she just threw away the bottle. There is fear that comes into humans when they don't know who is in charge. When we think we are in charge and then something comes, we realize our world is finished. One of the things that has excited me during my time here in Birmingham is the small group we have back at our house and the members who come in. In one of our small group study, uh, this from the book Gospel in Life by Tim Keller, we studied on idols and we all repented of the idols we have. I like this group because we, we are open, although sometimes we have some things we keep to ourselves. And when you read on this book, on page 38, he says, an idol is empty, nothing, and powerless. An idol is nothing but what we ourselves have made it, the work of our own hands, 
Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 16. Sometimes the things we fear are not there and they are just in our mind. An idol is a spiritually dangerous power that saps you of all your power. It's a paradox. Idols are powerless things that are all about getting power. The more you seek them, the more they drain your power. Idols bring about terrible spiritual blindness of heart and mind. That's Isaiah 44 verse 9. The idolater is self-deluded through a web of lies. They bring about slavery. Idols poison the heart into complete dependence on them. I think that was powerful to me. I've had some fears in my life, but when I look back, I don't even know why I had them, because they didn't do anything to me. Fears, they come into our hearts and they make, it, they, they make us heartless. They make us terrorize ourselves. But Christ has come that we may have a new life. Christ is born that we may have the peace because he's the peace is the prince of peace Paul prays for individuals in Ephesus and he mentions their names I mean this excites me I wish I could do this for all my parishioners although Paul prays for many things for his readers the primary theme for his prayer is certainly knowledge you will remember that in verse 17 Paul prayed that God would give his readers the spirit of wisdom and revelation, revelation so that they could know him better. When Paul wrote about knowing God in that prayer, he was referring to the kind of knowledge that comes from an intimate personal relationship. It is a process that is never ending since there is always something new that we can learn about God. One of the best things you could do for yourself in this new year is to have a personal relationship that is tied with commitment and consistency in reading his word. That makes us people of God and people who are worth enjoying the fruits that he gives in this world. When Paul prays for the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened, he's asking that God would impact all four aspects of our heart, the kind of knowledge that Paul wants his readers to possess will impact their thinking, their feelings, their decisions, and their moral judgment. In effect, he's praying that his readers will have the kind of spiritual sight that will allow them to discern these spiritual matters concerning God's incomparable power. Without this power, we are paralyzed by fear and we worship anything. When you don't have that relationship with God that makes you calm, that reminds you where you've been and where you are, and gives you hope of where you're going, everything is scary. We were scared for the first time in our house in Mountain Brook when we saw a message on our phone that there was a tornado coming. And then I said, what do we do? My kids have had drills here at the Advent in the school. And they said, you go into the corridor and you do like this. <laughs> 
for me as a person from Rwanda, for a man to go and bend with your kids and your wife, it is a disgrace. You're supposed to stand and fight and, and do something. It is humbling when nature comes. Sometimes we have to hide. But praise be to God that the power that resurrected Christ from the grave is within us through Christ. Even when our bodies are touched, we are still there and powerful. The message today is reminding us that we must connect into the real power of the resurrected, the resurrected Christ by our personal relationship with him. Paul spoke to the people in Ephesians because he realized they were so scared. Everybody was running to a God for comfort, for protection. I don't know what you're running to, but I want to tell you that without God, nothing holds because he is the center of everything. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Without him, nothing exists. Yes, you may trust whatever you have. You may trust your family, your relatives. But I want to tell you that there's a time when you remain alone. And that's when God is right there beside you. Paul uses a different word for knowledge. And this verse... 17, when he wrote about knowing God, the word here refers to something that we can know through learning. It could also be translated to understand, although that is different from knowing God personally and intimately through our relationship with him. It is certainly part of that process. The more we learn and understand about the purpose and plans of God, the better we get to know him. It's not possible to be a Christian alone in your house, in your car. You need a team to be with, to give your gifts and to receive gifts from them, to pray with them, to encourage them, to be accountable to them. One of the things that have excited me during my time here is that I have a friend here who introduced me to a soccer, a soccer team and we, we've played some matches and we have really defeated most of them. The soccer team is called Urban Standard. The last team we had, uh, the, the last match we had, we defeated that team by about 10 goals. I stopped counting. I mean, it felt like, I mean, we just brought these people and we are just beating them up. The reason for this strength of this team is that we know each other, we share the, the ball, we encourage each other, and we don't have to struggle alone. The problem with the team we defeated, each of them, when they get the ball, they want to go and score. From behind, you really can't pass 10 people with the ball. Ministry is about fellowship, it's about community, it's about getting together. When Jesus came, he picked 12 men and he worked with them. How many people are you working with in your small group, at the place you live, in your family? 
we cannot do ministry alone. Paul writes about the hope to which he has called you. He is thinking back to verses 4 and 6, where Paul described God's plan to choose us before the creation of the world for the purpose of adopting us into his family. Aren't you glad that our hope is not based on our circumstances? It is based on the unfailing plans and purposes of God. We ought to be greatly encouraged by the words of the psalmist. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. Psalms 31, 33, verse 11. As we start the new year, I don't know what your idol is, but I think you need to hand it over to the Lord because he's in charge. And he's telling us today through Paul that that power that resurrected Jesus Christ is with us. I don't know any other power that is greater than that. I've had people die. I've never heard of even anybody claim to resurrect. I think people lie about many things, but nobody will ever dare to say, I can resurrect anybody. The power of Christ, that power that resurrected Christ, is with us into the new year. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord lead you and open your eyes to see it and continue to trust in him. Amen.